thank you for the floor. All right, so have you maybe watched a movie or a play or a pizza, a pizza not, a pizza, not a pizza, but a piece of artwork where it's, it's abrupt and it starts and then from there it jumps all the way back and then it starts. Joseph is laughing because that's what we're going to do today. It's called reverse, chronolo reverse chronology. And so I don't want to give examples of movies because they are most of them are very terrible and uh, <laughs> very violent and murder mysteries. But you would see a scene and it cuts from that and it goes way back and then the whole movie is how do you get to the last part. Why am I saying that? Because we skipped the part. <laughs> we found out at the Bible study. Oh, we skipped some verses. So uh, so we don't want to skip the verses, uh, but you have my clicking thing. So. Because last time you're like, hey, Jesus died. Yeah, today he's not going to be dead. He's going to be on the way to the cross to die. Uh, because uh, we still need to read uh, 32 through 44. And then if uh, <laughs> Leo's saying, can you make it fit? So he's going to raise on Easter. Ah, let's see what I can do with the text for next time. But um, <laughs> we'll think about how we can do that. Um, yeah, so um, it's going to be called the way of the cross. We're going to, it's going to be, uh, um, I'm going to have a like, like a kind of a three point plan today. Uh, we're going to talk about Simon from Serene. We're going to talk about the gods, the crowds, the chief priests and the elders, their responses to Jesus. And then we're going to talk about Jesus' response. So those would be like, that's kind of like the outline. But let's read together uh, from 32. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to the place, Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but he, when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. And they sat down to keep watch over him there and over his head they had put the charge against him. This is the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by jeered at him, wagging their heads, saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying he saved others he cannot save himself he is the king of Israel let him come down from the cross and we'll believe in him he trusts in God let God deliver him now if he desires him for he said I am the son of God 
And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him, saying this in the same way. God, we just thank you for this time. We can read your word. We can be encouraged by your word. Uh, Lord, I pray as, as we dive in, as I speak, pray you will guide by the Holy Spirit. You will teach us what Jesus has taught us. Lord, glorify yourself as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So Simon, this is the first guy we meet in the text here. Uh, and I get to show maps, yes. If you're podcasting, too bad. Um, and they went out and they found a man of Cyrene named Simon by name. They compelled him to ca- this man to carry his cross. Uh, so Cyrene is there in uh, North Africa, in north part of Africa. Uh, it's in, uh, I just like maps, so you get more maps. Uh, it's in modern day uh, uh, Libya. So there you can see. So uh, Simon has come from there over to Jerusalem, and he's there. Uh, he is then uh, compelled by the Romans to carry his cross. He has no choice. Remember at this point in time, you remember Jesus' teaching talking about walking with somebody, carrying something. So the Romans has authority to take anyone they want and force them to go a mile. And then Jesus talks about it in the Sermon of the Mount and Beatitudes, then walk two miles, see what happens. So <laughs> Simon, probably, he maybe he's a strong-looking guy, so they force him, hey, get this guy and carry this beam. Uh, it also probably s- says something to the state of what Jesus is in. Like, he can't carry it anymore. He's too he's too weak at this point to carry this thing. And, I mean, we have to get the show on the road. We can't just can't take the whole time. So they, so they, um, so they force Simon to carry it. So who is this Simon? Well, we don't really know a lot about him. Uh, there's lots of speculations about who he is and who his children are. Mark writes in uh, in his account that uh, that Simon is the father of Alexander and Rufus, since he writes that in Mark fifteen twenty one. So who are those guys? Who's Simon? Who are those guys? Well, it's reasonable. I think there's all sorts of things like did Simon become a follower of Jesus? Because how Christ he carried the cross. Mm. Uh, but what we do know is that Mark finds it important to say who Rufus and uh, Alexander are. That means that Mark's audience, they would know who they are. So it's probably, it is, that is, that's what we know about this. People think that maybe Paul mentions, mentioned the one, Paul mentions his Rufus, Rufus in Romans sixteen thirteen. Um, that could be. But what we really do know is that Simon is mentioned by name and Mark mentions his children. It means that the people at that time they would have known who they were. And then we think, well, maybe they became believers. Maybe they became followers. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. That's probably a reasonable to think. But he 
not the main character. Um, but instead, we get get to the we get to the place um, we get the place of execution. Uh, we get to Golgotha, um, which maybe is because it's shaped like a shape like a skull or something. Um, and at that point, they uh, offer Jesus something to drink. Uh, but he's, he, he refuses to drink it, though. Um, <coughs> he tastes it, and it's, uh, it's bitter. So it's bitter. There's something bitter in there. Um, so I think I have the, there's a commentator. This was probably intended to dull the pain or hasten his death. But Jesus, he refuses. So he, refu- he refuses to do that, that he will be conscious during this and that he wouldn't uh, hasten his death or be uh, numbed at this point. Uh, Matthew does not tell us much about the crucifixion. You know, there's no nails, there's no, uh, there's no real description of it. Matthew is really about, like, also what Marjorie talked about last time, what happens, what happens to Jesus as he is on the cross? Not the physical pain, but the abuse that he will endure by the people, and that gets that gets us to the next uh, people, and that is the that's the crowd. Um, so how does the crowd behave towards Jesus? Well, oh, first the guards. So the guards, when they had cruci- this is all Matthew talks about. Uh, when they had crucified him, he doesn't say what happened, no nails, no nothing. He just said when they crucified him, they divided his garments among them and cast lots, and they sat down and kept watch over him. So this is, I think, the same watching as as Jesus asked them to do when he was in agony, the disciples, to keep watch and be aware. So they're watching and aware. Um, if you remember also from last time, um, this whole section seems to be um, this he- whole section seems to be echoing Psalm 22. Also, also in Psalm 22, it talks about dividing his garments. It talks about uh, being, um, well, if you have it next to you, you can flip back and forth and you can see how what happens in Psalm 22 also happens at this time. He's going to now be abused by the crowd. He's also going to be uh, mocked by the Pharisees, the elders, and the leaders, and they interpreted wrong that this is because God does not desire him. No, that's not the case. Um, but then I have this one. So he goes into a little bit and talked about what crucifixion was like. And it's interesting because Matthew really doesn't. He, maybe he's a proper man and he doesn't want to, r- maybe he's a proper man and he's a, he doesn't want to mention the titles and maybe it's abhorrent to the Jews to talk about crucifixion. So he doesn't. He just, he got crucified. Okay. But here's a shameful way and Romans don't even, um, Romans had the right as Roman citizens not to be crucified. They could be beheaded by a sword. Um, but also he talks about Philippians where Paul talks about he didn't just die he died on death on a cross um, yeah and, and he wasn't mentioned in polite society because it was seen as such a horrible thing 
Um, and it was like, if they hadn't gotten beaten as badly, they could be on the cross for days. And they could be uh, endure this uh, horrific thing for a long time. Because in the good old days, it wasn't that you got killed that was the p- so bad. It was how much pain could be inflicted on you before you died. Because contrary to this society, the most of the time them I did thought something would happen afterwards. And so if we killed you fastly, you just go to a new place. Well, what's the fun in that? You don't get punished. <laughs> you don't get punished. So we will, we will invent uh, ways of puni- punishing you. Uh, just, sorry, I'm going into all this. Uh, but um, that was kind of also the mode. So a horrific way, uh, pl- uh, what's it called? Cicero and other people uh, were very much against this. He was Roman, uh, writing about these things as it was a horrible thing, the most worst thing that man could do to kill one another. So this is a co- uh, quotation from Psalm 22. For the dogs have encompassed me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands, and I can count all my bones. They stand and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. We also have to be honest that this might be an addition to Matthew from one of the other Gospels. Some people say it's not there in the earliest testaments, but it fits so well, though. But, um, but what do they say? What do the people say? Not only what do they say, what do they put over Jesus' head? Here, I learned something. Um, so when uh, a, a prisoner was charged, he would get something around his neck. It was called tiltus. Uh, uh, and they would put him around his neck. He would walk out to be crucified, and they would take this thing and bang it over his head. Um, what does that say? It says, this is the king of the Jews. A funny, uh, not funny thing, well, well, it's kind of funny and interesting at the same time. I think one of the slides has the same, <laughs> says the same. This is such a, yeah, the slide, uh, the, the quote is like, this is such an ironic uh, ironic and agony, I think it says. Because what? There's plenty of agony, but everything they say about Jesus is true. So even as uh, they hammer the, the, the plate among him, among him, it's true. This is the king of the Jews. Jesus has affirmed that in front of Pilate. The charge was the truth. But the people that passed by, they didn't believe that. Instead, they ridicule and mock and slander and blaspheme Jesus as he's on the cross. They say to him, I think maybe that's the next one. Oh, here, that's the guy. It's agony and irony to charge it's true. All the things that the crowd say sarcastically is true. So the first charge they come with is, 
hey, you who said that you could destroy a temple in three days, like, you could just save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. What is the crazy irony in this? Is that Jesus is doing exactly what they're saying. Jesus is letting his body being torn apart and he will rebuild himself and rise in three days. So the very words they're speaking, it is actually happening. His body is being torn apart but he will raise in three days. Then they say, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Oh, I was just remembering, you remember back in Matthew 4, when Jesus is in the wilderness, what is the main accusation of the devil? If you are. These are the very words spoken by Satan. If you are then prove it. Prove it to us. Prove it to us who you are. Don't trust in God. Don't trust in God's plan. Prove who you are. Then we will believe. Prove it. No. Jesus had already said twice who Jesus was at his baptism and his transfiguration. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. But no, the crowd says, don't trust in God, trust in us. Prove who you are. No, those are words of the devil. This was actually one of the biggest hindrances for me when I didn't know Jesus was, well, if he in the garden can say, I can call down 10,000 angels, then at any point in time, Jesus can come down and beat the people up and prove who he is. But why didn't he? Because he didn't need to prove who he was he knew who he was so why did Jesus stay that's the key to understand who Jesus really is we'll get back to that because the same accusation will come again but it's not only the people it's also the I mean, I mean, now I'm tired of typing type it all out, so now I call them the CFs and the S and the E's, chief priests, uh, elders, and the scribes, but I just didn't type it all, so now I just made my own abbreviation. Uh, so they're there at the cross too. They kind of take over um, uh, after the crowd, and they come, they, they come into the mocking... Uh, but it's such a weird, it's such a weird, I, I, this one have always felt just super weird for me. Uh, he saved others. He cannot save himself. Okay, it's just something about that that is so strange. 
because you have you have to do here with a a person whether you like him or not he he has saved all this he has healed the blind he has cleansed the lepers he has raised the dead and the people yelling at him know that he is innocent this is so crazy (laughs) you got the guy placed on the cross you know all those things he said and how you're saying oh uh, he can't save himself well this is easy. It just it, for me it just seems so weird such a weird accusation so strange but again we can hear the whispers of the evil one the devil because he can't save himself but he didn't He is the king of Israel. That's also true. Just like we said before, it's true. Then the next statement is, let him come down from a cross and then we will listen to him. Again, it's the devil speaking. Prove who you are. Prove who you are. Then they say, and then we'll believe. No, they would not believe. It's lies, 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 lies. The first thing they would do if he came down from a cross was put him back right back up there they won't believe they've all decided they won't believe these are the very people who would persecute people who believe in Jesus afterwards there's no way they're going to believe if he comes down no put him right back up there persecute anyone who says that they believe in Jesus and put them to death that was just a maybe you have this friend or maybe we all have this friend that you maybe you share the gospel with them and they're like kind of interested but they have this list of things that God should do for them before they would believe and just an encouragement to that friend or anyone who's listening uh, no that's not how it works that's not how you come to Jesus he, God doesn't have to fulfill this list uh, you can come to Jesus when you're ready to drop everything in your hands and say hey I repent of my sin and I want to follow you because I know who you are Jesus we didn't come to Jesus with <laughs> saying that he's in our debt now when we understand who Jesus is we know we are grossly indebted we're not asking him for stuff so that we will follow we don't come with a with requirements of how we'll believe if God does something. He's done the greatest thing ever in Jesus. If we understand that we will come willingly dropping everything and following him. If not, then maybe our view of God and of Jesus is not exactly the one that's described here in the Bible. Then we have another quote. And maybe you've had this friend. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Friends. Um, that's the last part. Like, he trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. Maybe you had that kind of friend. Maybe you don't have that bad friends or annoying friends. Is like, you're in a bad situation. And then somebody <laughs> points out, yeah, where's your God now? This is the ultimate form. Jesus hanging on a cross. They point out, yeah, you trust God. 
Where is he now? Why isn't he delivering you? He doesn't really want to be with you. He doesn't desire you. You feel those pulls in us when people mock us because of our faith. Where is he now, your God? Why did that happen to you if you believe? This is the extreme form Jesus is on. You've trusted everything on this God and now you're here? The strange thing is that everything they say would remind Jesus about everything that's true. You're the king of Israel. God desires you. He's spoken that over you twice. You are my beloved son. I am well pleased with you. God will deliver but not from the cross. God does decide Jesus, but he's going to go through it. Then they state another truth. Jesus was the son of God. And he is. So all of this is happening. They are in a negative, mocking way saying all the things that are true about Jesus. They're preaching the gospel in a very, very strange and odd way. But they do this out of selfishness and greed and grasping for power. But everything they say is true. It's not going. It's not going. It's not in a way that glorifies God and lifts Him up, but in a <laughs> yeah, evil way, shedding of innocent blood and a total rejection of who God is. They reject the very one that came to save from sin and wrath, save from the devil's lies. They weren't even trying to get Jesus to do evil. But Jesus came to take those things away. Sin, the wrath of God, the devil's lies, and even death. That's why Jesus stays on the cross. He did not reply when slandered because he'd already won in the garden the night before. He won in the garden where Adam failed. He fell into shame, pain, slander, and shame. But Jesus holds on through those things to what is true, to what God had spoken about him. All of Jesus' claims comes from the very mouth of God. It was all true you are a son of God yeah because God said so 
So we see Jesus trusts in the plan that him, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit has made from the beginning. The plan of redeeming sinful man. Jesus becomes the second Adam, the one that did not fall into temptation, that did not believe the lies of the evil one, did not come down to the cross when he was asked to, if you are. He held on to what God had spoken about him. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. The blood sacrifice of the emails cannot take away sin, as Hebrew says. Only Jesus could. That's what happened. Jesus wasn't on the cross only because sinful high priests and other shameful people put him there. But the scandal that we sometimes see is that it was because God planned it that way. God said in Genesis 3, I will send someone to make everything right. Moses echoes that too. There will be another prophet. And then we have the longing for the Redeemer. God kept his promise. And so did Jesus. Jesus promised that this was, Jesus said this to his disciples in Matthew 16, 21 and 17, 22 and in 22, 17 Jesus even expands. He says like, I'm going to be betrayed in the hands of people. I'm going to die in Jerusalem. He said it again in 22 where he says, I'll be given over to the Gentiles. I'll be mocked, flocked and crucified. He even mentions the mode all of what Jesus said came true. There is no salvation if Jesus does not die on the cross. Jesus doesn't come down. We talked slightly about this at, <laughs> at the Bible study. But what if I'm a good person <laughs> and do good things? I, I don't really need somebody to die for me. I mean, I just need a motivational speaker to help me fix a few things in my life. I mean, God <laughs> doesn't really need to show me how much I need saving. I, I mean, isn't God cruel by sending Jesus to the cross? Or a horrific say, uh, example by born author, which I think is so stupid. But, oh, it's divine child abuse. I mean, who would send their child into this kind of death? Isn't God just old and out of touch? Our culture, you know, our culture today, they, we don't like suffering. We don't like blood. We don't like sacrifice. We're more like comfort and things shouldn't hurt and God really loves everyone and nobody's done anything wrong. Look at the world. <laughs> like, look in the mirror. There's wars, corruption, all sorts of things. When people come up with these things, it's like, have you never been in a kindergarten? Have you never been at any workplace? Like, it's, it's not the world we live in. Like, children are mean to each other. No, we're all good people. <clears throat> okay, so that's why that kid hit the other one in the head with a shovel. Like all workplaces, people backstab each other, talk bad about each other. Look at the news. Like, have you ever been on social media? 
Durant, like, I'm gonna kill you. Like, it's like it's the state of the world is not like we don't need saving. The state of the world is like we all need saving. <laughs> like, also, like the, the world is broken. We have hurricanes. We have all sorts of things. When people come with these things, like, well, I'm not. I'm technically just a really good person. I've done really wrong. No, you are not. Like, you're a horrible person. Like, <laughs> if you're really honest, like, there's a good, cl- good classic guy from the. Uh, from the old times where people were maybe a little more aware of the sin, he said, like, if you're in doubt of this, sit in the dark for two minutes and think about how bad you are. You would not come out and think you don't own Jesus. But yes, we can entice ourselves to just say we don't really need saving and that we, we're pretty good people. Well, you're not... <laughs> it's just not true. So you may, I don't do bad things. No, but then you think bad things about yourself, about everybody else. Traffic, great example. You don't want to kill that guy in that car. Like, <laughs> like he, he's just like, it's all over the place. He's like a moron, dr- dr- steps on your toe in the, or, or in supermarkets, in the lines. Like, people will kill you with your eyes. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're laughing, but it's, but it's because it's true. Like, but we just don't know what that means that we are so evil to one another and we're created in the image of God is that we are way in debt to God because we believe that we can judge other people. But we can't because they're made in the image of God and when we sin against one another, we sin against God. That's why Jesus comes. That's why Jesus stays on the cross. And... and <laughs> look at the world it's not because people yes there's a few there's a few crazy people who are so arrogant and so like and most social past but most other people are way more concerned about what everybody thinks about them they have low view of who they are they are anxious they are stressed this does not look like a place that doesn't need saving it screams it out of most of us what's your self talk like unless you're an athlete and you've learned to talk yourself up most of us have like man I hope they don't figure this out I, ho- I think I should be doing better man you should have done that even the way we talk to ourselves shows that we need saving if we don't have Jesus whispering into our ears who we are then most of us are like ah man I should do this better I should do this better I should do this better now I forgot to do this. Yeah, that was a long, <laughs> long uh, explanation of why we need Jesus even in our time. And also why it's so good. Because if we would really believe this, we can say goodbye to all those things. We can be saved from all those things. Anxiousness stress, condemnation of ourselves and others. We don't need to kill somebody in traffic. I mean, we all think it, but then we can say, oh, Jesus, you saved me. Maybe you could save those people before I kill them. No, I mean, uh, of course, I don't have to think this way. I can be like, okay, I didn't die. We can go move on. But we can grow in those things and say that we don't have to punish because Jesus either died for that or they will pay for it. But...
and then also people just you know you just worship other idols all sorts of things which is good <laughs> in other ways we all in unpayable debt that is what the parables taught us we don't owe this much to God we owe everything and we can't pay oh this is a good quote by myself hold on this might hurt when people say God's evil no God's not evil he's not cruel you are That's why Jesus came. Jesus is by no means an innocent bystander like Simon of Sarimi. No, he is the main character. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. My friend Lee one time was going to charge the stage in an Easter service somewhere if his friends didn't hold him down because the preacher said Jesus didn't know what was happening. No, Jesus knew exactly what was happening. He predicted it many times. He knew it. He's going willingly. Your will be done. This is not some kind of weirdness about, oh, who's God, who's like, Jesus is willingly doing this because that's the plan they've had the whole time to redeem man. Jesus is not a victim of child abuse. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's a grown man. No, Jesus is God. And God and the Father and the Holy Spirit has made this plan. This is no surprise. Jesus says in John, and no one takes my life. I lay it down and I take it up again. No, Jesus did this for everyone who would ever come to trust and believe in him. So if we don't think we need a sacrifice, I think we're not really being honest with ourselves. But it does show us that we are in touch with reality and that we have no idea how we're rebelled against God. Just to point out the blunt thing, if you have, or we have anything good, it is from God. It means you could be in life and have nothing good, which would be nothing, because air is good. Your body is God's. Everything is good comes from God. What comes from you? It's going to hurt you again. Sin, death, sickness, and evil comes from us. Yes, we desperately need Jesus. Oh, but... Now Jesus is going to die. What then? We all need the cross of Jesus. But he can't end there. And that's why there's no Jesus on the cross. Because how does all of Jesus' predictions end? I left them all out. What's the last thing he says every time? Three days after, I will rise again. Conquering Satan, sin, and death. And that's why we can't have salvation. Only in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He ascends and he's coming back. 
the good news is that the, <laughs> Jesus stayed on the cross. Not that he came down. Like I wanted him to come down and beat people up. But that's because I didn't know who he was. And I found, I found the quote somewhere as, as it's used in a, it's used in a, in a song too. It just is just something we talked about. It was not, it was the power of love, not the nails that kept him there. So when people misunderstand why, like me and lots of other people, that Jesus stayed on the cross because he couldn't come down, it was totally wrong. He could have, but then we wouldn't have had salvation. So Jesus sacrifices himself dies for our sin makes it possible for us to have a savior but he does not stay dead remember Sunday is coming he will rise in victory so the last points what about you Sometimes, sometimes what we really want is a list of things we should do. Oh, I'll get better. Like five things of how you can do this and this and this. But what we try when we speak, what we try is to paint this picture of how beautiful Jesus is, how amazing it is what he's done. And I really do believe by the holy power of the Holy Spirit, that's when I'm going to change everything about who we are. Every time we experience that, the way we react to everything else will change. If we believe that statement, that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus made love available, or it was the power of love that had Jesus stay, and not the nails, that changes everything about how we understand who God is, but how we understand who we are, how we understand other people. So I don't know. Like maybe you're sitting here like, man, this was the best sermon ever. This was horrible. I'm sleeping. Whatever <laughs> God is doing in you, I'll just ask you to be like, okay, what, what does this text do on my picture of God? Does this lift him up? Did Jesus, was Jesus racing up? Is my picture of Jesus more amazing than it was before? And then ask Jesus, help me to live this out. Um, as I pray uh, we are going to celebrate that Jesus died for us in uh, communion and so let's make ourselves ready for that even also just both the things that maybe the Lord has been convicting you about uh, encouraging you about um Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, God, Heavenly Father, um, a lack of words of appreciation 
or amazement of what kind of guy you are. Um, you created all things, and you've given all things good. You know everything about all of us. You know the small, smallest possible we are. You know what we think. You know what we are feeling. You know every cell in our body and every speck of dust. And um, you've chosen to make us in your image. You've chosen to make a plan of redemption of us and salvation, even though you know, <laughs> even though you knew all of us was going to rebel against you, become our own gods, not trust what you say. Um, Lord, thank you so much for opening up our eyes to be able to see who you are, Jesus. Thank you we can trust in who you are and what you do. Uh, that we don't have to believe the lies of the evil one, the lies from ourselves, or the lies from society, the lies from the devil. That we don't have to prove all these things, make our own identity instead of trusting in who you are and who you say we are. How we can have salvation in you. I ask for myself and all of us may this just grow and grow and grow that will be so overwhelming every day that I won't forget from a single moment in time help me to help me to live from your life your death and your resurrection and your coming back Jesus help us to do that Help us, Holy Spirit, to be reminded about all the things Jesus taught. Be encouraged by that. Lord, empower us through your strength and spirit to live lives that will honor you. Lord, I ask as we will celebrate your death, your broken body, and your shed blood, um, I pray you once again would remind us of how much that does. How it's the new covenant in you. How it's how we draw near to you. Through your death. And that we have hope because of your resurrection. So that as we do communion together, I pray that you would make us ready. Um. To honor and praise you through that as a remembrance. May that time also be to your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name.